welcome to the Scotch Money, the Scotch Money Show, with your friends Dimitri and Brian and Hunter, talking about the things you gotta know, and I bet you wanted to hear about tech investing, oh yeah, so we're gonna tell you about it on the Scotch Money Show. Welcome to the Scotch Money Show. Let me pour myself some scotch. Hold on. Oh, snap. I did it. All right. <laughs> uh, before we get to the scotch of the day, cheers, guys. Scotch money. Mm. Oh, it's so good. So, 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 so good. Welcome to the Scotch Money Show, where we talk about scotch and money and scotch and money and investing in scotch wait and money <laughs> <laughs> cheers guys cheers cheers guys mm. ah, ha, ha. it's good to be back from the the asia the asian subcontinent <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit about it but first i want to hear about brian's scotch of the day scotch it the scotch of the day is still an art break so <laughs> scotch of the until that bottle's gone <laughs> it's coming around okay. aren't, aren't we so well coordinated guys <laughs> i realize it's an h away from hardback right yeah like, we're gonna keep drinking this scotch until they sponsor us damn it <laughs> it's not bad okay so in any case, thanks to all of our many sponsors. Where are you? We're supposed to get the check, right? for joining. We need to be sponsors so we can get more scotch money, so I can get more scotches of the day. Yes, we need sponsors, such as what was that one again? <laughs> Maybe I'll remember it if they send a check. Um, it's good to be back, guys. I loved what you did on that last one with the head. Do you still have that head? Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> it's like the South Park version of you. It's yeah, I was Canadian for Canadian version of you. <laughs> While I was in Asia, I was Canadian. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Do you hear the dog in the background? I hear the dog in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it's okay. It sounds like he has a rough life. <laughs> See what I did there? Okay. Um. And I feel like we're finally getting the um, we're finally getting the sound better. I can actually hear myself, and it's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Because because Hunter told me to turn up the gains. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get down to business. Um, how have things been with you guys while I've been away? You guys did the thing on Hunter. Now we're going to be talking about tech investing which we all know a thing or two about because we've done a little bit of tech investing. Uh, I, I know that both of you have your individual views on tech investing from your own individual perspectives. Let's start with Hunter. Hunter, tell us a little bit about your experience in tech investing and what you care about and all of the other stuff. Uh, well, you know, to just be open and honest, uh, I've had good experiences and I've had bad experiences. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of hype around tech investing, and it seems like it's all awesome, you know, from the outside looking in. 
you know, you see things like 10x returns, 20x, 100x, you're like, what, this is impossible. Multiplying money by that, it's like in that short of time, nonetheless, you see these turnarounds sometimes three years, five, you know? So everybody's like, this is amazing. And then when they look at it a little closer, they see it's all about innovation and invention. You know, it's, it's the forefront of humanity, basically. All of our ideas and concepts and structuring them into physical things, implementing them in our physical world. And that's exciting. Like, we're, we're creators. We're naturally born to create. We were created to create. We are what we have always been at heart, you know. That's why uh, I think it... I think it's so uh, alluring, I think maybe the word, you know, I think a lot of people that are getting into investment and looking at types of investment, see tech is very alluring, like, oh man, that's exciting, you know, oh, that's new stuff, there's a lot of big money and flashy things and big money, you know, crazy sounds and cool videos and hardware and gadgets and, you know, so I think it has a very alluring quality, but that that could be you know you can be <laughs> you can be completely wiped out in it though is the downside a lot of people uh, don't consider that they see the upside potential um, but the well, downside, I feel like I, so, I feel like the times that people get completely wiped out are the times where people invest with people that they shouldn't have even invested with because the person like runs away right absolutely um, sucks Sorry. anytime that anytime that I've seen a company even fail if it was a good company like if it, if it had good leadership and they people weren't pretty much stealing money uh you could piece it apart and get something you know what i mean like there's always some kind of value unless it's just a bullshit company right it also also depends on the timelines for receiving that value because um when looking at tech um a lot of the tech entrepreneurs, um, they get excited by the technology and they focus on the technology and on the product versus on the people they're actually seeking to get um, the tool. Um, and sometimes people get um, too caught up in, the, in, in, in liking this new toy or, or the romance of this new tech. Um, but um, the truth is it's not worth anything unless it solves somebody's needs, um, a large number of people's needs. Um, that's why social is so important. Uh, that's why a lot of social technologies are getting really important right now because everybody has a social need. We are social creatures. So if it hits a nice sweet spot, then it could make really nice multiples. But um, they can't just build a product and expect people to come. Um, they have to actually find them an existing problem um and an existing market and Wait, you know, what about that what about that uh technology that lovin lovin no don't say his actual name the lovin guy what about that one can he build the technology and expect people to come <laughs> it's a sex robot technology hunter <laughs> I'm, I'm missing this one somehow are we talking about the mclovin guy no, no, there's a guy who I'm not going to say his actual name out of fear of possible lawsuits, but there's a guy who his name sounds like Lovin. And he's, I guess, from what I hear in the sex robot industry, which is a technology I think we should talk about. It is. He's a very savvy um, uh, tech investor and tech um, 
CEO. So um, he explored the technology and saw that it didn't have a strong enough market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a finance guy, so it didn't make sense financially. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's the right move. Yeah. Like, well, there's also so many different ways to invest in tech, right? And when we say investing in tech, you know, there, there's, we're talking about venture capital investing, right? If there's venture capital, there's private equity. You can either take over the company, private equity, or you can invest in it earlier stage. Right? So um, there's like food tech, like CPG, consumer product goods. There's, there's software tech. There's consumer technology. There's hardware tech. Like it, can somebody make some sense out of all of this stuff for anyone who's actually listening at this point? Yeah, tech, tech investing basically boils down to, from a macro perspective, sector and stage. Those are the two main things you're going to try to zero in on is what your target investment you know, is, where your sweet spot is, where you like to play, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just actually heard of company Spain Capital, which is not normally too much tech involvement, but they're raising like a billion dollar tech fund right now. A lot of people going really big into tech uh, just because of, I think, a lot of the uh, internet 2.0, you know, the cloud storage, everybody sees the value of all their information being somewhere digital. And now with blockchain, coming online and all the types of, you know, tangles and how, how online is blockchain? Oh, it's completely online. Who's actually using it. Do we know anyone who's actually using it? Like not saying, but they're actually. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, companies like Walmart already have their own proprietary chain. You know, a lot of logistics chains are being built by large, large companies that people would, would recognize the name of, uh, but it's on the back end side of things. You know, they're using it for their own internal management of things. It's uh, a, a great custody um, chain mm-hmm. device. Uh, you know, they can track things from one handler to another and get verified, you know, compliance to different things that's automatable now through a software. So, Logistically, blockchain makes a lot of sense. The currency side is still yet to really go, you know, mainstream. But isn't Bitcoin up now again? Bitcoin is up. Bitcoin is up from what a lot of people are calling the bottom. They say that they that the you know the low has finally been hit and it it should be up for the most part from here. It's still going to be volatile. Like it's still going to have hugely wide swings. Like people today holding Bitcoin can expect, I feel like, to be up, you know, 10x in 10 years. But in the meantime, they're going to be down 90%. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. (laughs) You know? I mean, that's... I I will say this about Bitcoin. And you and I have talked about Bitcoin since like, what, 2013 or something? Yeah. Where you said at that time, it was like three bucks a coin. And you're like, hey, Dimitri, let's take some money and throw it into Bitcoin. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. 
Yeah, I was going to take 10 G's and start a mining operation in, two, in 2012, which I, I remember. We'd all be multimillionaires by now. Well. Oh, well. If we'd, have had the, if we'd have had the nerve to sell at the 20K height. You know, a lot of people, when it started to the moon, they rode it all the way up. And they were so used to the volatility that when it made it started making a major retraction, they were like, oh, that's just what it does. It's going to keep, it's going to keep mooning. And then it kept going down. And they're like, well, now I'm down far enough. I don't want to take the loss. And surely over time, it'll come back up. So now all of those people have been, have, you know, graduated to becoming uh, what they call hodlers, you know, in the industry because holding isn't a thing. It's hodl. Oh, you can miss time. So. Everybody that holds their Bitcoin is a as a hodler, you know, <laughs> like it's like. But the, the, that's the. I feel thing. like we've diverged from. The industry itself in the tech sector is a toddler, so it makes sense that the toddler has hodlers. Like, it, we're it's extreme early early inventor adaptive, you know, adoption curve early early. We haven't even. I don't think we've even gotten into minority adoption yet. It's still hitting that that stride like until the regulations are decided on that that's a tech sector that is just risky as can be right now but here's the thing like the reason the reason back then i said personally i said i think this whole bitcoin thing is bullshit i still think it's bs and here's why there's no actual Look, and, and I'm not going to get into an argument about the value of the coin and, oh, the government's coming after us. Look, I dislike... Episode, by the way, a whole episode just on crypto. I know. Look, I dislike the government and their control of money just as much as everyone else. However, money is money, and we all agree on that money, and we agree how that money can be used. Now, should everybody agree on Bitcoin and stuff? Whatever, we'll use Bitcoin. But I don't know. I, I don't see any inherent benefit to using Bitcoin over using the U.S. dollar or using the Chinese yuan, 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 whatever. Shay Shay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the point of the matter is, I don't see any inherent benefit to using one over the other. And I've heard the arguments, and I think they're all BS um, as of today. The blockchain technology, different story. But the Bitcoin and the Ethereum and the Ethereum lights and the Ethereum dark brew, like whatever, uh, I don't see any inherent value in it. You know, it's crazy. Actually, in China, uh, you can actually mine it. That's legal. But you can't. You can't I don't think it. so. That's I illegal. Don't, I don't think you can mine it. You can mine it. You just can't sell it. Dude, but you can trade it. That's a gray area. <laughs> it's like, mine it, yes. Sell it, no. Trade it, eh, maybe. Like, no, 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 no. They're very strict about Bitcoin at this point and any cryptocurrency because it's a way that people are using. Uh, they're they using that. They can't stop the trade. That's why it's a gray area. They can't they, stop the trade. They can't stop the trade, but they can stop the production of it. Oh, the mining is wide open, though. Is it? I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I guess I'm. Oh man, mining is wide open. They have some of the biggest mining operations in the world over there. That's the thing, the power of that has, that beast in China has yet to be unleashed. It's only showing weight in the markets. Okay. It's not in the country yet, but that's the thing. 
once we regulate it and it goes crazy in our country, I feel like it's it's got to go crazy in, in China because China's not, never been technologically behind us, you know, as far as like consumer spending ability. Like they have the ability, you know, to pay for their drink in a vending machine with a phone for over a decade. Like, you know, these guys, they know how to pay. They know how to pay easy. Like they like FinTech. But. They, they do. They, and then they have the, they, dude, everything is so efficient in China. It's crazy. I'm going to steer this conversation back to where it needs to go because I don't want to be talking about no blockchain or, <laughs> or no blockchain is fine in its applicability, but I think people want to know about, okay, well I can't invest in, in uh, Walmart. And if I do, I'm just stock investing and, and gambling. So I think people want to understand our experience in investing in the earlier stage stuff. Um, the reason I brought up the whole coin thing is because the back then and still today, I'm a firm believer in technologies that can be used to, it, it's, it's not like, like, look, I love scotch. I wouldn't invest in a scotch company, but I would endorse a scotch company if they <laughs> endorsed us. <laughs> That's America. That's an America thing. And if you don't like it, you're a dirty communist. Um, okay. Here come the lawsuits. Thank you. Thank yeah. you to all of our dirty communist sponsors that don't exist currently. Uh, the point is, allegedly, allegedly don't exist. The point is, uh, I like, you guys know, I like business to the public sector technologies, education, defense, uh, technologies that will flow downstream to the consumer, like the internet, for example. We're sitting here on the internet. The internet was created by DARPA. DARPA was a, was and is a government sector agency that uh, uh, serves as a incubator for technologies that go first into the, the public sector and then down to the consumer sector. Uh, there's a lot of value in that because relationships, the buying decision when you're talking about um, scotch or when you're talking about food or when you're talking about a piano or whatever it is, the buying decision is made by masses. You can somewhat control that, but you can't really control it. And so then you could fall into uh, a, a series of bad decisions to have a poorly structured company. But when the buying decision is made by just a couple of folks in the public sector, the bureaucrats, all you need to know when you're running a company, of course you have to have a good technology and a good company, but good ideas are a dime a dozen. Sales is what it's all about, sales and marketing. But you only need to sell and market to a handful of folks that have the buying decision so it's simpler. It's a simpler process, in my opinion, right? What overall is a simpler process? It's easier to sell to a smaller number of people that have a very well-defined buying decision, right? Absolutely. So well, it's also the scariest thing to sell to everybody. Um, one of the things that I look for um, when listening to um, uh, somebody creating a new technology is 
what's their market? Um, who are they selling to? And if they say everybody, I have yeah. to dive deep um, or just walk away because it's, it's very scary. They haven't defined who their market is, who they're seeking to serve. Because yeah. um, without that definition, they can't tailor the product specifically. Um, and there's then their their decision is well why use the product right uh, if it's tailored to everybody it doesn't speak to them they, they they won't have that extra emotional need to actually use this product because it doesn't connect with them and if exactly. it doesn't connect with them then there's no th there is one other thing that they could do they could just not use it they could just not try to adopt it it's it's easier to do nothing yeah if they're already using an existing product it's easier to not switch Exactly. And, and people are scared of change. Like we, we live in a day and age where change is embraced in our society, but we all know better and it, we should know better and understand that to change something is much more difficult than to keep things the same. And the average person, although society and, and media tell us that we should embrace change and we should, that is the ideal. We should embrace change and always strive for the better. But the average person in their daily lives does not embrace change. They embrace staying the same. And the only things that will help them change is a social pressure, generally. The social pressure of, oh, well, you know, I'm not on Facebook. You know, back in the day when Facebook, I'm still not really on Facebook. But, um, you know, back in the day when Facebook first came out, I didn't want to go on Facebook, but until, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time that was like, Hey, I'm switching from MySpace to Facebook. And I'm like, I love this Facebook thing. <laughs> the point of the matter is social pressures can facilitate things like change. But if you're, you're right, Ryan, if you're trying to market to everybody and you're saying, this is just going to help everybody with everything nine times out of 10, it's going to be just BS. It's not going to work. And eventually it will whittle down into a more specific product for a specific group of people, young people, old people, whatever. Um, but you'll waste a bunch of money figuring that out. Yeah. And you're letting the market decide. You're letting other people decide where you're going to go. You're essentially saying, I don't know who this is for. I'm going to throw this out and you guys figure it out. Um, which, you know, <laughs> from, from an investor perspective, you essentially can't trust the CEO because the CEO is not in control. Yeah, no, you need to have a strong CEO. You know, it's silly. We, we live in a day and age where people are really, you know, knocking down the CEOs and, and the, the crazy guys like Zuckerberg and, and um, you know, all of the other fun-loving guys, Bezos. And look, to each person's own faults, right? But a strong CEO from an investing perspective, I want a strong CEO. And I want a CEO that has vision. I want that CEO to say, look, here's what we're doing and here's what we're figuring out. Now, if it doesn't work in this way, of course we're gonna pivot, of course we're gonna adapt because sometimes you have to, but a strong vision and a strong momentum will take you really far. So you, you, you always, they say you always bet on the jockey, not really the horse. Well, it's a good saying. <laughs>
I'm just saying. Definitely <laughs> the case in the tech investing world. Absolute truth. Um, there was a there was a guy we were talking to yesterday. This isn't really tech investing, but it it it's company investing, and uh, he's Hunter. You were there. He's he's um, he he has this operation, marijuana operation in Rhode Island. Not saying any names, not endorsing anyone unless he pays. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, no, but great guy. Um, so he has this operation, marijuana operation. He didn't really know what he was doing. He had money from a different successful venture. You know, you bounced it from venture to venture. And um, we were talking to him because, well, of course, we have uh, real estate on the East Coast for that particular use. Um, and we're talking about partnerships and whatever. And he was telling us about how he put in, what, $1.3 million into this 5,000 square foot operation that he has in Rhode Island. And that's a pretty small operation. I mean, considering we have what, 55,000 square feet and then 120 coming up, like, you know, it's small, but he was saying, and this is actually very applicable to what we're talking about. He was saying how, look, he wasted so much money just figuring it out. You remember that Hunter? Yeah. He, he was saying, um, but I think it was like three, 400,000 out of that 1.3 million, three, 400,000 was like a complete waste in his mind. Uh, just because he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. He said we about about another venture. Actually, he had a really successful venture before that one. That was a, uh, careful, careful. Yeah, it was, it was a, a, a great venture. Uh, and he was in a sweet spot to make an angel investment with, you know, a friend that uh, was onto something big, but uh, the need was anticipated to be about 350,000. He's like, Oh, sure. I got that. That's no problem. This is yeah. great. We're in a cat bird seat. Let's do this thing. We don't need anybody else. Let's go for it. Well, uh, it ended up taking like over a million <laughs> or something like he had to come off way more money to get it across the finish line. Mm -hmm. But that happens a lot of times and it happens just naturally because any new thing you're bringing to the market, you're, you're doing something that's never been done before. Like there's totally almost always unforeseeables. Like yeah. nothing ever goes completely to plan in the tech world. <laughs> Like, that's why I like teams that are flexible and nimble. A lot of people say, look for proven performance. You know, oh, you want a jockey that wins, right? It's like, yeah, okay, but some jockeys get a big head. And then they don't show up for practice. And then they think they can win just with an hour's effort a week. Or, you know, the same you know, applies to startup CEOs. Some of these guys build something, successfully exit, and then they think everything they say and think is right. And then they bomb the next one. I mean, just bomb it, just out of ego. And it's sometimes subconscious. They, didn't, they don't even realize they've, they've gotten there. They're like, oh, I know what it makes to succeed. So listen to me, boom, boom, boom. But that, it really that makes ego would stop them from being coachable. And it's not even just being coached by the investors because, um, I mean, investors get it wrong too. It's being coached by their markets, their, their people, the people they're, they're serving. Because... Yeah. If they're not listening and they're not paying attention, they won't pivot when they should pivot. They're not 
going to um, change when they should change and not change when they should not change. <clears throat> so there's, there's that's also very a, important. Yeah, like it, it's important that if they see something happening, they don't just react. They would um, take a look at their priorities, their their goals, their dreams um, for the product, and the the customers' dreams for the product, the users' dreams for the product, and figure out what will work. Yeah. There, there's an interesting uh, thing that we haven't really talked about, but it's actually extremely important when you're talking about uh, this kind of stuff. So a friend of mine, and I'm not, again, I, I, I can't name names because this one would definitely turn into a lawsuit. Um, but in any case, a friend of mine recently sold a very large company here in Orange County to a very, very, very large company. It was a multi-billion dollar transaction. That's all you'll get. That's all you'll get out of me. The point of the matter is he started, him and I were having scotches. He's a scotch fan. Maybe we have him on. Uh, I won't say who it is, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe we'll have him on, but with like a bag over his head, like a Mr. <laughs> X type of guy. Mm. And he'll be like, we'll, we'll deepen his voice. He'll be like, hi, I'm a Mr. X. <laughs> In any case. So a friend of mine, he sold this big company and he's one of the two partners that started it. Great transaction. He's a great guy. We're having scotches and he was telling me, look, he used to be at another big company. I just realized this is, this is going to be, he was at company X. He created company Y and sold it to company Z. Point is the reason he was able to create this company that he sold was because he had the track record of success at the other company. And so he pretty much did it again. He started another company. He was a great jockey. It's kind of a crap, like it's a crappy company. I'll be honest, but he was well capitalized. He was able to further seed round, raise like 15 million, some stupid number. Uh, he didn't have to be scrappy because he was a good, he, he, he knew the market well enough to know that he has something that's good enough to take it to an exit. And so he did. And he has a beautiful house in Nellegale. And uh, Funny, that's a trend going on in the tech sector now. You get people with some experience and they, they identify something as marketable. Like you said, it's about sales and marketing. They, they see something mm -hmm. sexy enough that's marketable and they know enough buzzwords and big words uh, to combine it to get enough money funded in to just get them to exit and the company even serves no purpose it eventually just dwindles to nothing but their whole function is just to sell an idea enough yeah <laughs> to get money and, I mean, to I, make I, it look cool enough to sell it for something else i'm giving him a little bit of crap uh there is value in what he's doing it, but the thing is look there are good ideas are a dime a dozen. Everybody has a good idea. And a lot of times people who don't know what they're doing when it comes to tech investing or people who don't know what they're doing when it comes to starting tech companies uh, don't realize that, look, look to your left, look to your right. Everybody's got good ideas as long as they're not completely, you know, mentally out of there. Execution is what it's all about. And you can't execute without a solid capital. So a lot of the times, 
you see a lot of really great ideas die because they don't have enough capital. And so then they start making bad decisions because they start getting desperate and you know, you see money just disappear. Right. Um, the other issue is also they can get capital because they do a friends and family round or um, they have, uh, they meet an unsophisticated investor who's very excited about their idea yeah. um, and would want to help them take their idea, build a prototype and then go to the market. But there's a big issue there. You're, you're building your idea for the market. So you shouldn't build the idea, create a product, spend all of that capital and then show it to the market for the very first time. You should begin with actually speaking to the market, creating interview questions and speaking to actual people and getting that's, people That's a tough one though. I don't know if I agree with that because there are many roads lead to Rome, right? So many stop. roads lead to Rome, but you can do that. I mean, from a consumer um, product perspective, you, 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 you could, uh, that's one route to take. Another route is of course using analogs. Um, who is your competition and using the competition as the benchmark. Exactly. Um, you know, there, there, there's lots of ways, but if you don't have market research and you don't have competition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Um, you know, it's, if you build the product first blind <laughs> is all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Really no, you're, you're hundred percent. I was misinterpreting what you were saying. I am saying. You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, definitely dude. understand the tech in the tech sector you're looking to invest of course yeah you can't not to understand the tech first and don't just think it's cool don't just like it you know like understand the tech go to some conferences like get a book read some articles watch some youtubes like mm -hmm. kind of you know immer immerse yourself in the tech before you pull any triggers because then then you'll know what an actual good idea actually is because a lot of you know tech ideas i i've had in the past i'm like oh man that's an amazing idea and the person i'm talking to is like that is amazing and then i talk to a few friends they're like that's amazing but google it oh look there's there's a guy in india did that two years ago right, oh, i remember that one there's, there's another <laughs> you know like you find out there's multiple people that have had this idea it's actually not the newest idea and as you get into the sector and looking into like that area or about that thing like oh the, oh the, he created this oh he's created other of those oh he, he's part of an organization that works with people that create those and they have all these companies like oh there's a whole world around this you just didn't know about it you well, know? remember remember the ipod right <laughs> yep Remember the iPod? The iPod wasn't the first MP3 player. There was a Zoom before that. Yeah. It's all about execution. Yeah, it, it is not about the technology itself because the technology can excite people. The, like the technology will look like good technology, but does it connect with people? You know, will, will, who, who are they trying to serve? And is that technology actually going to serve who they're trying to serve? Um, and it helps if one, they provide their competition list Two, they provide, um, uh, their, um, their market research, um, because, you know, we can't expect as investors to be part of their target markets. We, we, we can't expect to know who they're investing to. They're not, they're not out there to serve us. No. And what the heck do we know? We, yeah, exactly. Not, it, it's not about the things that you like necessarily. Like, I may like something, but I'm a weirdo, you know, 
compared to maybe the majority of the market of a specific segment. So investing is not, when you're investing, you shouldn't be emotionally attached to it. The buyers get emotionally attached to the buy, which is what, what it's all about. So proper marketing is good there, but you shouldn't be emotionally attached to something and be like, well, if I like it, then everyone else is going to like it because that's not always true. And, and, you yeah. and, and based on both of what you both just said, kind of leads me back to the scenario that I was just talking about. Uh, so let me clarify a little bit. Uh, if you do that research after you see what you think is a good idea and you see that it's been done, that's not necessarily a do not do this because of exactly what Brian was saying. It's like, it's, it's not just about the idea. It's about how you approach people with it, how you learn your community, how you present to that community. And if that community accepts you or not. Yeah. The, the example I was given about the one where I found somebody that did in India a couple of years prior and this, that, the other, he was actually, I feel too early is the reason he wasn't yeah. successful. I still feel like the idea is great. He was a little too early and he had zero marketing. Like he didn't tell anybody but his friends, you know, like timing happens. Yeah. Idea could There's a, I read this book. So. And the same thing goes for what Mr. Dimitri was saying is just, if you're excited about <laughs> it, oh, if I'm excited about it, other people are excited about it. Uh, that's not necessarily a, a reason to go yeah. for it. So just because it's been done may still be a yes. And just cause you like it may actually be a no. So it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. What you would think, you know, I apologize guys for all of the background noise. No, no, no everything's good. Tell okay. us about this book. Oh yeah. So uh, originals by Adam Grant called it, um, the first mover disadvantage. Because, <laughs> um, when you're out there pioneering something, the market isn't ready for it. Um, yeah. the market it may or may not be, you're, yeah. you're paving the road for your competition. If you're yeah. the first person to go in. Yeah. Well, look at Friendster and MySpace and uh, paving the road for Facebook. Right. Um, it's the difference between the bleeding edge and the cutting edge. You want to be on the cutting edge. You don't want to be on the bleeding edge. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. And music that that's what I found to be like the, the sweet spot in creating music was you, you want to push the boundaries. You, you want to, you want to, you want to push the envelope. You don't want to rip it. You know, you don't want to be outside the box. You can push the box, but yeah. you, you, you don't want to go outside of it. You can't just rip it. <laughs> like there's a certain amount of, you, you don't want to be like Captain Beefheart. You guys know <laughs> Captain Beefheart? I do not. His name sounds yeah. hilarious. You guys got to listen to Milk. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think Mark Marin said, uh, you have a lot of catching up to do if you haven't heard Captain Beefheart and his magical, is it his magical band? Ay, ay, ay. Captain, listen to Captain Beefheart. Not right now, but after this, you guys got to do it. Uh, I'll endorse the beef. Let's remember to put a link in the show notes. Uh, Captain Beefheart. Yeah, he's going to start making much. I think he became an artist because he wasn't successful in music. I think it's awesome. Um, in any case. One thing that has really been kind of pissing me off in the tech sector recently is what the hell is happening with institutional capital? Like, look, Amazon, when Amazon went IPO, they raised 
like a billion dollars, maybe a billion and a half. And that was like what, late 90s, 99? Or was that already 2001? What, can somebody Google when, when did Amazon IPO, the exact year? I want to say it was 99. And in the meantime, I'll, I'll make my point. Um, 97. 97, okay, yeah. So late 90s, like a billion dollars, billion, 1.5. Uber just went IPO and they raised like $10 billion. Amazon actually had infrastructure. Uber has nothing. What the hell do they need $10 billion for? It's just, there's so much speculation in the market. Everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, um, you know, what, what, I want to invest in this thing, but it's like, dude. Well, I think going back to cryptocurrency, the whole Bitcoin craze got people warmed up to the idea of investing in something that's not based on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a short-term gain, maybe it's something that's worth it. But um, I personally don't see it. Uh, I'm personally afraid of that sector. I'm personally afraid of something that doesn't have long-term benefits. Um, so um, if I was a short-term investor, um, you know, maybe Uber would look like a great investment. Um, so, would, um, so would Bitcoin. Um, anything that um, makes a lot of money in the short term, and then I could cash out before um, you know it, it dies. Before everything, before everything crashes. Zippity doo da. And that's the thing: as a as a trader, if you want to get an investment to where you're an active trader and you're trading actively, then up or down doesn't even matter. It's just volatility. You just yeah. want movement. You can make money off it either way as long as there's movement. So yeah, just more. make sure you're um, winning on the spread. Exactly. So it's, 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 if you want, if you're playing that game, um, then, then, you know, you're, 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 you're investing one to play that game because it's very exciting it's and you lose a lot of money because of your own fault. Um, because you, you either didn't jump at the right time or you got on at the wrong time or. Yeah. It's musical chairs. It's like financial musical chairs. The thing about yeah. musical chairs is everyone at some point, someone ends up without a chair and you, know what's funny about and you just this? want to make sure that that's not you i mean there's some people who like playing that game and a lot of investors who are now seem to like playing that game i don't consider that investing i consider that gambling and i think but, it's bullshit but from what you know but what we're talking about a lot specific i mean a lot of the things that we invest in are long-term investments um we we usually think a few years ahead um and see is this going to go kaput in a few years. Does this actually have a social need? Is this actually connected to people? Is this actually connected to something physical or valuable, actually valuable? Tangible. Um, yeah. Tangible. <laughs> I'm like, there's words for the, these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, scotch. Scotch. So scotch tangible. Is, um, it's an early scotch money recording, 10.30 a.m. I mean, and I'm drinking actual scotch right now. <laughs> actual scotch. We're all drinking actual scotch. <laughs> No, no. You know it's funny. Is, I think that's the. I think that's. I don't the, know what what shit you're talking about, but this is a forty-seven percent. Forty-six. That's why you have. That's why you have. That's to why have you ice. have ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ice melted, but I keep drinking. I've had like two glasses of this, <laughs> but I feel fine. <laughs> I think the reason that that Uber 
you know, IPO went the way it did is a combination of what we were just talking about earlier. You have that whole, I like it, it's useful to me, I see it everywhere mentality, combined with, oh, I've heard there's a lot of money to be made in IPOs, so you combine the two things, Uber, IPO, whoa, like, <laughs> all it, you know, like, <laughs> just the mania. I think that's, I think that's what mm. calls it. I mean, is that, is that how the investors look when they're investing in IPOs? Yes, two buzzwords. Yeah. And when two buzzwords converge, I mean, it's just hype mania. Yeah. Never cross streams. Same way with Lyft. Look at Lyft. Lyft was losing money notoriously. And IPO, people were like, yes, give me some Lyft. Give me some of that <laughs> Lyft. They got some Lyft. They're like, wait a minute. What is this? I didn't want Lyft. I don't want Lyft. Give it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that they were you know, victims of the hype. You know, like, I, I think you just got to look at it in terms of, you know, whether your people in general or, or other investors are optimistic in the market or pessimistic in the market. <laughs> I just, that's, why I like, that's why I like sentiment. And yeah. I'm, I'm really yeah. doing a lot of this AI that people are trying to come up with that are determining sentiment through content of the internet. Searching but, on social sites, you know? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, you have to take a look at that sentiment and then you have make a decision on whether to go with it or against it. Exactly. And if there's too much optimism, that means that the bubble's about to burst. Because, you know, like there's only so many people and, you know, there's only so much, you know, value. Um, and if people are so optimistic about it, they're overloading it too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's pessimistic, on the other hand, then you have to make a decision on is the only way um, forward is up. You know, like it, can it only grow? Um, like uh, this, the distressed assets that um, we purchased over in Massachusetts. Um, if it grows, the only way is up, right? And we're forcing the value to go higher because we're bringing we're bringing literally in that situation, it's real estate. We're bringing the tenant to force the value to go higher. Um, if it sat there by itself. So like that, that goes back to the team, right? So if we're talking tech, it, it, the same thing applies to any type of actual investing. And this is why I don't like coins, the, the cryptocurrency, because you can't do anything. I can't do anything. If I go and buy a bunch of Bitcoin, what am I going to do to influence Bitcoin? Nothing. I'm going to sit here drinking scotch and worrying about it. <laughs> instead, I'd rather drink scotch and not worry about it and invest in things that <laughs> I can. I can, <laughs> Brian, okay, I can make a call to someone that I know and say, hey, there's this thing that I did. Like, all right, for example, so we invested in a. Um, we invested in a tech, uh, uh, an education technology. I'm actually going to say it. Can I say it? They're not going to sue us. We're investors of theirs, right? Yeah, we're not. It's not like we're saying anything bad about. It. Okay. All right. Good. I love the company, and and I'll rep them all day long, even if they don't sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> Midas Education. So we invested in Midas Education. Great company. They have contracts. They're already an established company. It's a Series A, an expansion round. And one of the first things that I did was I made a call because I happened to know somebody in the Santa Ana Unified School District. And I said, hey, it's not like some underhanded weird thing. I just said, hey, check this out. Go check this out and see what you think. And they did. And guess what? They bought it. 
And now there's an extra contract. I personally, without having to rely on anybody else, even though obviously you both helped and a bunch of other people are part of our team that helped, but like I personally can make a call and make value happen for this company. That's good. And the fact that they didn't screw it up and the fact that they made that sale, right? Shows that they're competent aside from their previous achievements. Um, so like, those are the types of things that I, I, I want to be able to have some form of value add that I can bring to the table. Otherwise, what the hell good am I? Right? Yeah. It's like we, we always try to invest in things that we feel like we not only see value in, but can add value to just yeah. through the network. I mean, it's like, it's all about who gets to the finish line uh first and in, and in the best condition you know it's like <laughs> so yeah. anything you can do to help that you know that that's just risk mitigation you know it's yeah. like because every investment's risk it's like but when you can actually add value yourself that's a form of mitigating that risk yeah totally. just moving, yeah you know? and in fact i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to call uh, Megan, the CEO of that company later today. And, you know, we have guys in, in Las Vegas and see if there's uh, anything that our Vegas people can do to help them, you know, with stuff there. Like you, the more people that you have, your friends, your workers, whatever it is, however big your infrastructure is, uh, the more you can help these companies. But you like, look, I don't invest in food and beverage stuff. I don't understand food and beverage stuff. I don't know if people want to eat quesadillas today and they want to eat salads tomorrow. I'm like, hell, I don't even know what I want to eat tonight. <laughs> you know? They eat a chimichanga that small. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, do people not eat chimichangas anymore? Chimichangas? 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 Like, I don't know. Uh, and, and there's no way that I can help. Now, I, I understand how that game is played. You go and get whatever. Who are the popular? The Justin Biebers? The Biebs are? Biebers? <laughs> is, is the Biebs still cool? Do people like the Biebs? I don't know. I'm not a popular guy. I'm not a pop culture guy, right? Uh, so whatever. You get the Biebs to be like, I only drink this scotch so that you know. And then everyone's like, oh, man, the Biebs drinks that scotch? I want to drink that scotch. Or you have, you know, Dimitri come out and go, let me tell you something about egg shakers. I only use these egg shakers. These egg shakers are the best. And then people are like, oh man, I like that guy and I like his egg shakers. But it's like, it's optics. But optics are ever so fleeting. Yeah. Whereas... Look at the Snapchat. Um, what, look at what happened to Snapchat recently. What happened to Snapchat? The when Snapchat. Kylie Jenner said that, uh, does anybody use Snapchat anymore? And then their stock plummeted a few billion. Wah, wah, wah. I never used Snapchat, so I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, brutal. Jeez. Exactly. Exactly. So now if Kylie Jenner came out and said, oh, sorry, I was on Ambien, and actually I use Snapchat all the time, then you know it could go back up possibly who knows or maybe it's the fatal blow like 
Maybe that was her play the whole time. Yeah, she's, she's buying it up. <laughs> How much do you want to pay me to put ha ha JK? Ha ha JK. JK in a snap. Ha <laughs> ha JK. She snaps it out. I don't even know how Snapchat works. I'm like, do you snap? Is it snapping? Who Um, How many snaps does it take to get to the chewy center of a chat? Exactly. That's the whole thing. You can influence. Influence in what way? You're either influencing and then you're hoping that someone else doesn't influence negatively or you're influencing by your existing relationships. I don't know Kylie Jenner personally, uh, and maybe one day I will. When she endorses the Scotch Money podcast. <laughs> yeah, if I was a celebrity Come and on, I had Kylie. optics on me all the time, I would definitely capitalize on that just by researching everything I want to use in my life. So I, I think I don't want to be a source, celebrity. Look where the fabric comes from, make sure it's all responsibly done and produced. Like, and then that's the clothing I would wear. That's who I would represent. That's who I would promote. Same way with vehicles. Stop vehicles. Determine where they're coming from, how they're being made, what their business practices are. Do they have a good future? Are they going to support this? Like, and once you do all that research, it's like, okay, now I'll endorse you as well. And it's like, basically everything you would want to use in your life, you would get for free. And at the same time, you could stand behind and push it all to the finish line. Of course. And that's exactly what, I mean, like, not to be giving out Kylie's tricks before she even came on the show, but um, that's exactly what Kylie Jenner does and uh, whatever the Kardashians like. That's what they do. They literally uh, they don't give a crap, man. Nobody gives a crap. It's, consumer goods are consumer goods. You only give as much of a crap as you do in the moment because you're getting paid. Um, now we're gonna totally get sued. <laughs> ah. Do it. Make my day. <laughs> no. Um, but technologies that go to the public sector are slightly different. They're still the same kind of, um, I mean, optics are, is, optics is optics, but it's different in the sense that I can eat a Chewy bar or whatever, a granola bar made by Chewy and be like, that's a great bar and then be done with it. But with technologies that are, or, or like I can wear a piece of clothing and then tomorrow I'll be like, you know what? I, I'm not a huge fan of this shirt. So, you know, it wrinkles in particular ways. I'm going to go to a different shirt. But when you make a buying decision on a technology, you're usually doing so on several year contracts. So you kind of have to live with it. So it's a different decision. But once you're in, you're in. You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying, Kylie? You listening to me? You listening to your old pal Dimitri? It's a different thing. Um, does anybody have any any other thoughts? I mean, like we could talk about tech all day. We love tech, but um, that's why it's important to know your sector and your stage. Like, yeah, I mean that. Back to that. If I could sum up, you know, getting involved in tech investing or what to focus on in the tech investing world. Get to know your technology, A, and then pick your sector and your stage where you feel the most comfortable. Uh, Risk-wise will determine your stage (laughs) and then what you know uh, that turns you on and you like and you understand will determine your sector. Yeah. These two meet, that's 
that's where you want to play. That's right. And at the end of the day, tech isn't, from an investing standpoint, tech isn't even about the tech. It's about who the tech can reach and who the tech connects. And you can't just understand the tech. You have to understand those other aspects as well. It's very social and it's very squishy. Um, gotta have the money. That part of it is. <laughs> you gotta have that sweet, sweet money. The sweet, sweet scotch money. Around the tech. Yeah. Mm. Big time. This last, you know, that's before you pull the trigger. It's like now you've got your bullseye set, you know, and your target on it, you know. But once the crosshairs are there, don't pull the trigger until you've really done your due diligence on the team because team can make or break. I mean, you have the greatest idea and a team can kill it. Totally. And sometimes you got to switch up the team. Like if you're a savvy enough investor, uh, you know, you're, you're investing in, in things that, um, you have other relationships in that industry so that you can, if, if a CFO backs out or a CFO is not getting the job done, you can say, well, I recommend you take a look at this CFO or even a CEO. Sometimes you switch that up. Um, and the CEO has to be the existing CEO has to know if it's time for them to step down or to change it up. Like that's part of understanding the team. Guys, I feel like we've really done a great job uh, uh, educating sure that the, people. That the company allows for that as well. Yeah, like, exactly. The documents of the startup will allow for that kind of flexibility and change. I, sometimes there's some, there's one person that if they have a bad attitude or have, they can just tank the whole thing. Yeah, just based yeah. on the structure, they have enough controlling. You know. Yeah, definitely check the structure. You know, you know what people were saying before they heard this podcast to the, to all of our many, many, many fans. They were saying, "I want to know what tech is. <laughs> want you to show me. I want to feel what investing tech is." <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's what's cool about tech. There's tech in almost every walk of life, so to speak. You know, just like what you were saying earlier. You know, there's food tech, there's financial tech, even cannabis tech is becoming, you know, part of the cannabis ecosystem that's forming around. Wait, wait, Brian, what's the, what's the cutting edge? What's that sweet new technology that they're using to grow now? Soil. soil. Instead of hydroponics, they're using soil. Oh my God. What is happening here? Ionized, charged soil though. Well, that's, yeah. That's what makes it the new new. We've gone full circle. So sometimes Sometimes, you know, you got to follow the KISS method. You guys know the KISS method, right? Keep it simple, stupid. That's right. That's right. We're on the same wavelength. Gentlemen, Scotch money. We love it. We do it. We drink it. We invest in it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. This is episode seven? It's episode seven of Scotch Money, where we invest in scotch and money and investing and money in scotch um just edit that to make sense brian edit that to make follow follow <laughs> us just pick smash, the word, put them in the right order <laughs> smash that subscribe button follow the like button uh what else do the hearts on the twitter <laughs> and the retweet and i want someone to tweet this at kylie jenner and i want kylie jenner to join us on the show if she wants and join us on next week's 
Scotch Money Show.